Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Like most businesses, real estate investing takes commitment, hard work, and perseverance. On today's show, we chat with Nicole Stoller, who's co-founder and managing partner at Gateway Private Equity Group. Nicole and her husband, Mike, overcame major debt and challenges early on and worked hard to rebuild their company. Between apartment complexes, houses, and their hotel, they've owned or operated over 1,300 units. On today's episode, we discuss the mistakes Nicole and her husband made early on, how they got themselves out of debt and rebuilt their portfolio, how to evaluate when to change your niche, and the importance of figuring out your swim lane when working with others. Welcome back, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. We're very excited for you all to be back with us on this lovely week, this, this hot, steamy day here in, uh, on the East Coast. Nicole, <laughs> we have Nicole here. Nicole, welcome to our show. Hello. Very excited to be here. Yeah, we're really looking forward to jumping into your story here in a moment. Uh, but as we like to do, just kind of, you know, chat a little bit, see what's up. A quick chat, of course, because we got to get down to, uh, to uh, our interview here. But Andressa, what's, what's happening with you? You know, um, I always talk about how I love systems and apps and softwares and all of that. But today I want to talk about like agenda, like hard paper, because I still love to have that, something that I can write down and, and, you know, see it. So I was having a hard time finding an agenda that I will fit what I need. So I love Franklin Covey, but it didn't have the space that I, I needed. And I tried a couple of ones. And then I came across one um, called Panda. I'm not receiving any, you know, loyalties or, or anything. I've heard of Panda. Affiliated, I've heard yeah. of that affiliated anything but i'm really enjoying the way that the agenda is structured so you have your monthly your weekly and your daily and you have all little separate sections for that so you can really see what's going on this week what can i focus it has very specific spaces for the things that really matter hmm. and and I am all about performing. So they, they have different types of techniques that will help you to really focus on really what matters to that day and what really needs to get accomplished. Once you accomplish that, then you can focus on other things. So it's been very good. So That's far, awesome. so good. So I want I like to share that. with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Well, you know, what a powerful question. What matters today versus what yeah. do I have to do today, right? Yeah. And that's a, that's a really neat question. Well, awesome. That's good stuff. I wrote that down too because I'm I'm I have a day planner and people like laugh at me still, but I love my little planner and I, you know, I walk around with it. It's very exciting that I have. I that. think you're <laughs> gonna enjoy it. Seriously, I look into that. Gotta look into yeah, that. and it also shows like what are your wins, what are what can you do better, and what can what can be a distraction for you during the day. So you are really thinking about the day as a whole. So very love good. it. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, Andras. I appreciate of that. Of course. Yes. So without further ado, I want to welcome, we want to welcome uh, Nicole to our show. Welcome again. And uh, as we jump into our show, share with us a little bit and share with the ladies listening a little bit about, you know, your background and obviously, you know, where, where you know, where you're located, all that good stuff. But what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing? So I know it's been quite some time uh, for you, Nicole. 
And uh, yeah, if you don't mind sharing that with the ladies, I'll be wonderful. Sure. Well, first of all, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it is hot here today. <laughs> so we can't complain about it being exactly. too hot here on the East Coast. Okay, sorry. <laughs> exactly. My husband and I have been married 21 years, and I, I start with my husband because we are a team, and the way that we work together in our real estate business has been really key to the success that we've seen. We actually started investing back in 1999. We then took a little bit of a break and then started investing again in 2011. In 1999, we started because I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, <laughs> and oh my goodness, that opened my eyes. I just, the concepts in that book, I had never been taught ever, all through college, just, I didn't really come from an entrepreneurial family. Those were very foreign concepts, but I was incredibly intrigued. So we went out and, and bought property right away in 1999, and there's a whole story behind that. But ultimately, we failed. We failed because we didn't know what we were doing, and that was at a time there wasn't there wasn't a community like this. There weren't quite as many resources available. There was probably a local real estate association, but it just it just was nowhere near the kind of support that's available today. So we decided that we needed to learn the business and my husband went to go work in property management. So that, that's, that's a key fundamental. He started to understand the operational aspects of it. Meanwhile, I am in technology sales. I work with a major Fortune 500 companies and I have been doing that for 20 plus years. So I, I still have that full-time job and there's no way I could do this without him. <laughs> there's no way and and then vice versa a lot of the income that I've had we've funneled into real estate and then been able to grow our portfolio as a result oh that's awesome the uh, so just to circle back a little bit there's a few things I just want to explore a little bit you said when you started you that was in 1999 and then you you experienced some failure so tell us a little bit about that not to not to, not to focus on all the things that didn't go wrong but so many times in this business people share their successes and they share their wins but they don't understand that to get to those wins there are failures and there are things that don't go right and all of us have that so i'd love to just you know explore that a little bit with you to from a learning perspective because i think we don't talk enough about that so yeah, I, I, lo I love that because I, I do think that to learn this business, you're going to pay in some way. This is kind of what I say. Uh, there's a fellow female real estate investor that I've connected with here in Phoenix, and she quit her management consulting job, took a huge pay cut to learn. So that's, that's a way of paying. We paid because of financial, you know, mistakes. And then some people will pay, you know, a someone to educate or provide them a system or a process. So really what happened with us is we went to a real estate seminar, not an expensive one. We came back gung-ho through networking and relationships and people that we knew in the town. And at the time we were living in Indiana, we found three properties that had been bequeathed to the local university and they had no interest in really doing anything with these properties so we didn't really have a lot of funds at that point in time 
and we were able to get those on all seller financing, which was fantastic. We didn't even have the funds for a down payment because we were newly married and this was a, you know, just kind of building our careers. So we took out credit card advances because that was 1999 and you could do that was readily available to us. So we, so we did that and we were a hundred percent focused on the buying, like not, not, we were focused on, okay, how can we do this? Here can, here we can creatively finance this. Here's a way we can figure out the down payment. And that's only one aspect. Here's all the things we missed. One, were they actually good properties? <laughs> were they in the site and were they in a place where we could rent them? Were we actually going to make money renting them, right? Uh, what needed to, to happen? What kind of tenants would we be dealing with? Were we prepared? Did we know how to manage tenants? No, we did not. We got walked all over, right? It was, it was kind of one thing after another. So is it the right property? Do I have the experience, et cetera? So uh, those are all the things that went wrong. And it became clear, I would say about nine months into it, this isn't going to work. We've made a huge mistake. We ended up giving back those properties and we had a small starter home at the time. We, we had to sell our house, move in with my parents and pay off our debts because we had a lot of debt because all those properties required repairs. And how do you do that? Credit card. So it, it, was, uh, it was a huge learning experience. Wow. There's so many things that pop into my head. I remember when you were saying about the houses, like were those good houses? Everybody heard about like uh, a no deal is better than a bad deal. And once right at the beginning years ago, um, I was at the seminar and the guy said, if I give you guys a house right now, give you a house right now, how many of you would accept it and a lot of people you know raised their hands and then he said okay put it down really quick like put it down it's like the answer is it depends it depends you don't want a house that is not the right house for you in terms of is this a good rental is this a good flip is this a good area that i it fits my criteria so that that was like a eye-opening to me and say really to understand our exit strategy and if we were to flip the house but if you know ass shit, shit hit the fan let's say can i rent that what 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 can go wrong and still think about different types of strategies. So I love what, what, you're, what you're saying about understanding not just how to acquire them, but how to either manage them or, or sell or, or rent it. And the point that you made about you pay for it, you either pay for your mistakes or for your, your education, for your mentorships. And a lot of the ladies that are listening to us that are just starting are eager to learn. And I want to touch base very quickly on the mentorship part. Um, I, I'm sure you do too, Liz. We get a lot of emails of ladies requesting for mentorship. But there is a, um, a lack of building relationship between an ask and then 
okay, we have a great relationship and then we, we can talk about mentorship. I would like you to explore a little bit about building relationships. When you are looking for a mentor, what can one do if he or she is just starting? Mm, great question. I, the key is, you, I think, if you're just starting, you need to meet people in person. Right. I don't think you can send an email. So attending the meetups that the investor community is that you are having in the New Jersey area, uh, finding local events through bigger pockets or going to, in our case, our, our local RIA, which is here in Phoenix, you have to meet people in person <laughs> to you've got to see them and you've got to, you need to learn about them. It's not about you. And if you can find a way to provide value, then that other person is more open, would be more open to working with you. And the other thing is even in my full-time career, I am approached by people all the time to mentor them. And what I see is that not everyone takes the advice right or they don't connect back to let you know and you and then over time you are less willing to mentor because you've had a lot of those uses so to close the loop on that if someone is willing to give you advice come back and tell them how it worked out for you and and what you were able to do but to start with the adding value you know how how do you do that you have to know about that person you have to know what kind of real estate niche are they in or how are they looking to grow their business or who are they looking to meet or what are they interested in learning about because all of us have that whether you're experienced or not you have those needs and then you follow up with them you introduce them to someone you send them an article you stay connected and then over time you're developing a relationship and then you maybe ask a couple of questions. Hey, I'm looking at XYZ. What do you think about this? You know, something something small versus, hey, will you be my mentor? And it's very broad and open and you don't even know the niche I'm in and if it makes sense for you. And so I, I, that's kind of the sort of cycle that I would recommend. And I think what you're saying, Nicole, is so powerful from a lot of angles because you're in sales. So you know this very, 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 you know, Andres has sold. I had many years as a management consultant as well as my husband was growing our business. I was selling and consulting as well. And in sales, people need to do the same thing, right? So if you don't learn about your customer, you can't just go, hey, I want to sell you, you know, sell you whatever. I mean, so, so I think what you're saying is so powerful for anyone you're trying to enroll. A mentor, you're, you're trying to get some private money, you're uh, creating a new banking relationship, whomever, you have to learn about them first. So I, I just think your advice is more, even more, um, you know, applicable to everyone we're trying to connect with and, you know, relationship building 101. Add value first <laughs> before you, before you, uh, you know, take the other road of just asking them too quickly to, to do something that they're not comfortable with. So it's great, great advice. Question for you about the movement from your failures because your story, first off, Nicole, I connect with so much. I, I, I mean, I feel like my husband and I started our business and I could go on and on about all of the things we mistakes we made in early on. So as you were talking about the credit cards, I mean, you, you should have saw I'm like, I said to my husband the other day, why the heck? I would never do that again. Borrow money on a credit <laughs> card for a property. Like, what were we thinking? Like, and, and we did the same thing. Those are paid off and we made it right. But 
I, I sometimes wonder what the F we were thinking at the time, but you do whatever it took to your point, Nicole. So, so you go from going back, living home, you know, getting yourself in order, getting yourself kind of freed of the debts, the mistakes you guys made. And now you have $7 million in assets, right? So you have a hotel, you have multifamily. So you built up your portfolio again. So, so walk us through a little bit about how you went from going back home to where you are today. Because that's a, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that had to happen to overcome those pieces. And why didn't you guys just throw the towel in and just say, we tried, we're, it's good. But what propelled you to keep going and now to own, an, own a portfolio that you're proud of? Yeah, great, great question. And you're right, we could have said, this doesn't work for us. I think we did recognize that we needed to learn. And so my husband went to work for a property management company that really what they did is they managed their own very large apartment complexes, generally 300 to 600 unit apartment complexes. So that was the first thing because he got his start really in that multifamily space. And he was successful there and, and learned the business. And our, our plan all along was, okay, we need to save up enough money. We want to buy a small complex that we didn't even think about homes anymore or anything else. That was, that was our entire, I was continuing to build up my career, save money. But we, but we kind of put it on the back burner, I would say, for a while uh, he started doing some other things. He was in a, a different career away from property management. And then late 2010, and this was after the crash, all of that had happened. We hadn't really been investing during that time frame. Late 2010, I, I had, we had sat down with a financial planner and we were looking at, you know, on track, savings, all of this. And I was given such a huge range that I might need to retire. And it, it was literally like, okay, you, you know, maybe a $3 million difference, depending on how the market performed and, you know, trends over time and inflation, all this stuff. And I thought, there's got to be a way. I need to get control over this. I can't. That's a huge spread. I don't. I don't know. I love my career, but I don't know that I can hustle like this until I'm 65, right? And this, we we have to do. We have to figure out a different way. And we kind of came back to real estate really as a result of that need to create our own security and not be entirely dependent on the stock market. And that was really what propelled us to get back in. And we always went back in right with multifamily because that's what my husband knew. And so we started with multifamily properties and grew from there. Wow. And today you have a hotel with, it's 81 rooms? Yes. Oh my goodness. So let's touch base on that. I, I, we haven't, this, I think, right, Liz, this is the first time that we speak with somebody about hotels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very curious to know the challenges and the pros and the cons about running a hotel uh, compared to single families, multifamilies. What do you see? Mm, good, great question. <laughs> so the, the hotel, so this is very interesting back to the networking and the import, importance of relationships in the Phoenix, so we self-manage. My husband manages these properties full-time. And in the Phoenix market, 
we were approached to sell one of our properties we turned them down they came back they were under a 1031 exchange so they were very anxious they were coming actually mm -hmm. out of idaho to buy this property then we decided okay you know this is this is a little crazy they, they're offering us this for this property but we'll, we'll take it but then we were under 1031 and okay what do we do well our market we weren't seeing the returns that we like to see in multifamily, and we still aren't actually so we were in a situation where we needed to to find something well we had been networking for about a year with a guy that all he does is hotels he knows a hotel business inside it out and he's a an investor just 100 percent in that and we were actually looking to invest with him on kind of like a co-funded project when this opportunity came about we approached him again and said okay now we need your help we need to find something if you if you feel like there's a, a good deal in the marketplace we'd like to entertain it we're having trouble finding a multifamily that fits our criteria that allows us to roll over our 1031 so he had feelers already in our local marketplace and you know really we relied on his expertise to help us find a hotel and the hotel side of it is really no different than multifamily in terms of you're looking for where you can add value reposition the hotel increase your profits he saw an opportunity with one of the hotels in the local market and was able to walk us through okay here's what here's how it's being run today here's what the numbers look like here's what I think we can do to improve it um, it's just you have more uh, variables <laughs> than you do in, in a multifamily situation, uh, <clears throat> more moving pieces, right. but still that same opportunity to, to look at how it's run and to figure out a better way to do it, increase your profitability, and therefore, you know, at some point sell it for, for greater. I, I love what you're saying about you start building a relationship with this guy that specializes in hotel way prior of you guys finding a hotel. And I, I think that's such an important point. I was talking to another investor that, uh, two weeks ago, and he was saying, I want to build my business where I can run multiple um, single families at the same time. Um, but I don't want to, right now I'm running one. And when I get there, then I will look for credit lines and commercial loans and private lending. And then we start this conversation that you want to build a relationship with private lenders, with lenders, different ways and shapes or forms or people that specialize on the niche that you're looking for way prior of those things happen. So, with that being said, the expertise of this guy that, that he brought to, to the table made the difference. How, how many months did you guys have to close on that? Do we do the 1031? We had the, we'd identify properties within 45 days. Wow. And we did have a little bit longer to close on that, but I think we had six months. But okay. it was more involved because that leveraged a small business loan under a commercial local bank. And so this is the other thing that's interesting in, in the funding cycles right now. 
for hotels, the best funding is from a local bank mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, kind of the larger national. And we'd, we'd worked with a, a larger kind of bank in our multifamily properties. So it, just different people and different niche, essentially. Wow. Great. Good to know. So circling back, that's exactly what I'm um, like trying to, to pursue in, in life in general, you don't know when that good deal is going to come and you want to be prepared when it comes. Sometimes it's like it hits this afternoon. It can be tomorrow. So what would you say in terms of like vision? Where are you guys going right now and what you're doing to get there? So we, what we did is after this experience with the hotel, my husband, so this was 2017, my husband said, okay, well, now we either wait and buy another hotel or we just need to wait until the market changes and there's nothing we can buy right now in multifamily. And I'm not really a patient person. I didn't want to just sit around and wait. Okay, I'm just going to wait <laughs> until the market changes. You're in sales. You're not waiting. Exactly. No, you're not waiting. No. Exactly. So we had to figure out what other investment niche could we look at? We had actually always, oh, not to be, but I will be honest here, we, we had kind of looked down on single family homes. We really did. We were like, ah, no, we're not in that. <laughs> we're in yeah. big multi. Yeah, you're in hotels, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, for, that's yeah. for the beginners. Yeah, yeah. Why would we be in single family? <laughs> well, it's interesting because the model that we're using in single family we are seeing higher returns than we ever saw in multifamily. Now, I will say it's a tremendous amount of additional work, and so so maybe that's kind of the risk, re, you know, trade off. But we are seeing the returns that we liked even better than we like to see. So so it made sense to take on that work and move into that space. Then. As a result of what we had experienced with the hotels, the way this worked was we basically formed a partnership. We own the hotel. It is ours. But the gentleman that we work with manages it. And that makes sense because he absolutely knows it. He also found the hotel, ran all the numbers past us. So we looked at that and we said, there's a lot of people like me. I couldn't do this on my own. I'm I'm very busy. I am not working just a 40-hour a, a week job. How can we take that model and apply it to single family? So what we're doing is we're helping others who want to own property but don't have the time, don't know how to choose a property, and don't even want to manage it, we basically do a, uh, provide a white glove service around that. We, we say, here's the property to buy. And we manage it in a partnership where we don't make any money until the property makes money. So we're extremely incented to keep low, find the best deals on any kind of repairs that are needed, and ensure that we get the best rent value for the market. So is that like more of like a turnkey? So you're, you're actually selling the turnkey to other investors or am I, or is it not? It's kind of like turnkey, except for we're not, we're not uh, rehabbing the property, turning okay. it over, and then they would change property management. It's more, we're in this together and we're going we're gonna to help you through every step of the way, and our compensation is tied to that. Okay. 
Okay. That's really neat. So, so now you're back to the single family approach. Uh, is that, is that a, is that a good, like, are you doing that locally or are you doing that nationally? So is that kind of conducive to where your local market is? I'm just curious because it all depends on where people are in terms of what their strategy is. Right. Local because we are managing and there's only certain areas within Phoenix where we invest, but we're, we're investing really in B class working, working class neighborhood types of single family homes. And what we're seeing in terms of the profitability is it's really about for us, the spread between the mortgage payment and high rents. So we're, we're not necessarily insisting that we have to have some kind of reduced wholesale cost on the home. We just know what we can rent it for based on factors in the market and the types of renters that we work with. Yeah. I, I love to hear the different types of niches. For the ladies that are listening to us and they have a niche or they have a strategy that has been working with them so far, but things start changing and they want to either expand or go to another state. How do they evaluate when is the right time to change their strategy or their niche? I think when you are not able to maintain or be able to, on paper, when you put together your numbers, when you're not able to reach the goals that you set when you buy a property. So I guess maybe in the way beginning, we should have talked about, you know, when the question about it depends whether you'd want that property or not, you should set criteria for yourself. It's a lot of work. What kind of return do you expect for that type of work? Uh, And what do you have to invest? So if you start, you've been doing this for two years, it's been super successful, whatever your niche is, and all of a sudden, now you're looking to acquire new property and the numbers aren't working, that's when something needs to change in your strategy. Yeah. And just the idea of, you know, shifting and pivoting. I like to say pivoting too, because so many times in this business, people get distracted. You know, there's some, they hear a podcast about somebody investing in mobile home parks and then they just want to do that. You know, so I think there's so many different places to invest your money as a real estate, you know, and in, in real estate. And we can get distracted. But on the other hand, to your point, what are your goals, right? What's your criteria? And if that pivot into mobile home park investing makes sense, basis of where you are and what you're trying to achieve, then maybe that shift makes sense for you. But often people don't, people don't shift and, you know, shift up their strategy for the right reasons. They just do it because it sounds really interesting or, you know, they're bored (laughs) with what they're doing. And those aren't good enough, good enough reasons in and of itself, so, you know, I often said, I, I remember when we were in, in a crossroads in our business and at that point we had a commercial building, we had residential, we had multifamily, we had single family. I mean, we did it all wrong at the beginning. And I said to my husband, I said, what are we doing? What area of our business are we making money with? <laughs> Number one, is it profitable? And we're good at it and it's, and it's working. And that was multifamily investing in our local market. So I said, okay, let's not do any of the other stuff. Let's keep doing that. And it sounds so simple as I say it, but it was an aha for us. So we, he could get focused and we can get focused. And then we ended up built, you know, buying more and building that side of the business up. But it was because our criteria was established and we knew what was working, what wasn't working to your point, Nicole, so many people just shift and they don't, they don't know why or they don't know, you know, what, what the right reason is. And that's just not good 
step. <laughs> so, so I want to just jump in very quickly on. Um, I understand you have 81 rooms and all the single families that you guys running and operating. Um, you are st you still do a full you have a full time job, right? And yes. your husband does the management part. In terms of balancing life, you wrote on a questionnaire that one of your strategies strategies is to the term swim lanes. And I wanted to explore that a little bit, that term. I didn't hear that before, and I thought that was very interesting. So swim, <laughs> swim lanes. <clears throat> Who is good at what? And letting that person do that thing. So let's, let's take our business, for example. I'm more, appropriately so, because my primary job is sales, I'm more in kind of the business development, talking about what we're doing, sharing here on this podcast, uh, working on our website. Uh, those are sort of the marketing business development side of things. My husband is all operations, managing the residents, um, working through any issues, coordinating any repairs. He's really handling that piece. And I let him do that. And then he lets me do my piece. And it doesn't work well if I try to get into his swim lane or he tries to get into mine. Uh, it's not that, that maybe I have an idea that makes sense or he has an idea, but the reality is there's too much going on and you just have to let it go and say, okay, these are the pieces I'm focused on. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. But let's say that you splashed some water <laughs> in the other lane, right? We sometimes we crash. It was like, oh my God, sorry about that. How do you guys resolve conflicts? Because you work together and and you have a life together. So not minding your business, but minding your your my business. I would like to know how you guys resolve conflicts when you guys are in your house, but the job it's done it's outside how do you separate that or how do you establish boundaries yeah we try to schedule time that we're not talking about the business that's we were actually just on vacation last week and really had a focused effort to to talk about all the other things related to our trip or other things going on in our lives uh, even to talk about my primary job kind of what's happening there not not always to be focused on our business. I think that's really key, but you know, we're, I'm not perfect at it. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, my husband yeah. says triple A personality. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think I, I, I could just go and go and go and work all the time. Right. But it, but it is really important to take time and let's talk about that golf tournament that just happened. My husband's a huge golfer and, you know, <laughs> focus on something else. Yeah, it's not easy, right? It's not easy, especially when you work with family or especially your spouse. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you, keep, you keep getting better at it. <clears throat> now, that's the key, <laughs> just to keep that balance going. Uh, Nicole, you've been such a great uh, resource for so many uh, reasons. And, and how can the ladies listening learn more about uh, you and, and what you're up to and just some of the great things you're up to, especially as you're, you know, doing more partnerships with, with uh, people? Okay. 
Yeah, so a couple of things. First of all, I am on Bigger Pockets, so you can absolutely send me a request to connect there. I haven't been as active lately because things have been hectic just getting some of the marketing materials and things like that set up, but uh, absolutely connect with me there. And you can also connect on our website, which is Gateway PE. That PE stands for private equity, so gatewaype.com. And there's an information, you can fill out a form and send me a note there. And then I also do have a giveaway for your listeners, Yay! Which, is, which is kind of around the realm of networking. I'm, I'm extremely passionate about that and, and the need to build you know, authentic relationships. I have a list in there of all the people that have been critical to our business, and I, I shouldn't say the names, but the, the types of roles, right? Everything from self-directed IRA custodian to you know handyman resources. And, and all of those people came out of results of you know networking and building relationships. So I, I think it's really, really key to success. And you can access that at the website gatewaype.com slash networking. I love that. You guys go there and download this. It's so important. I think that I'm doing that. Are you doing that, Liz? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. That's, that's huge. <laughs> Great. And all of those information you can find on our show notes. So don't worry about it. You can, uh, Liz is going to put everything there for you guys and the links are going to be ready to go. And now we're going to go to our fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Nicole? Yes. <laughs> All right. The first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but everybody says that. So I have another <laughs> book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is a new recent one. It's fantastic. It's called Never Split the Difference. Oh, my gosh. I'm and reading it, it now. Oh, yeah. are you? Look yes. at all these tabs that I have. I That's a lot of tabs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> You are going to, no matter what you're doing in real estate investing, you, at some point you're negotiating in some way. And this book is so good. And it's by Chris Voss. That's right. It's yep. so cool. It's a FBI negotiator. So the, the point that he made is that he can split the half, say, okay, one hostage goes to you, one hostage goes to me. It doesn't work. So it's so cool. I highly recommend it. I'm getting a high of this book nowadays. I do an audiobook. I was at my dentist yesterday, and I couldn't wait, and I asked him, like, since I can't talk to you while you were working on my teeth, um, can I just listen to this audiobook because I'm so obsessed with this never, you know, split the difference. So I was in my dentist listened to it yesterday. Honey, he was, well, hold on, hold on. He was working on your mouth <laughs> and, you, yes. and did you put it on, 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 uh, that everyone could hear it or, or did you have your no, earplugs? That is hysterical. You are too funny. Talk about it being efficient with your time. I've never thought about that. Well, that's great. Oh, I thought I was like, well, I might as well because I can talk, right? I cannot talk. It's not going to work. That's so a good little trick. A little hey. life hack right there. Listen to, something, <laughs> listen to something educational, entertaining while they're working on your mouth. I love that. Sorry. I didn't mean to and interrupt. Just, <laughs> God. It's good. All right. Let's go to the second question. What's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Uh, going back to what you talked about in the beginning, the Panda Planner. Oh, 
So I, I, I don't have the Panda. I was actually using the full focus planner, but, mm -hmm. but a similar concept. And it, I, I just, it's amazing when you say, what are the three most important things I have to do today? And you think about that. You do not start with your email and get caught in other people's agenda for you. You say, I have to do these things because they will move my business forward. I've seen the power of that. It is it is amazing. So that's, that's number one. That's awesome. And one thing that I was reading says, how do you know those three things? Right. And the, the tip for that is that what is the thing that you are avoiding it? What, what is that thing that you're like, Oh no, I, I don't want to do that. That's probably the thing you should be doing it right now. So I always start with that most difficult if it is a conversation or an email or something that is stuck that is holding your business back tackle that the next and last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most i would say oprah winfrey she came from nothing she is a powerful networker Look how she puts people at ease and just really shows a kindness and really embraces whomever she's talking with. And then all she has to say is Oprah's favorite thing and whatever it is, it's instantly a bestseller. So she's a huge influencer as well. That's wonderful. Yeah, she's, she's one of our favorites. Nicole, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for all of your time and sharing your story and, and sharing your path. I think it's just so fascinating and got to have you on again so we could explore a lot more together. But thank you for making time to connect with us. And by the way, uh, we connected with Nicole through our Invest Her community. So I'm just so thankful for that. I'm thankful for you joining the community and sharing a little bit about yourself. I said, we got to have her on our show. So, so thank you for that, you know, accepting the invitation and being on our show today. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Nicole. Look forward to exploring more on our Facebook community, what's going on with the hotels and your new adventures with single families. Sounds great. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.